This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everyone. I'm Sierra. And I'm Ashley. And this is your Weekly Weekly Dose Dose of Wicked. What is up? Hello. We've missed you. We've missed you so much. Um, so let's just jump on in. Sounds good to me. All right. This episode today was brought to you by the Patreons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we don't have any sponsors. So, all right. So I found a new show. Yeah. You may have seen it. I'm unsure. Um, it's not new. It was released in 2018. It appears to have only ever had one season. But I've never watched it before. Okay. What is it? It's called Scorned Love Kills. I don't think I've heard of it. Yeah. No, I never heard of it either. But then I watched it and I was like, oh, this is some good shit. So that's what I watched. What's it on? Uh, I think ID. Okay. I pretty much only like ID. You know, ID is my favorite. Right. I like the drama. I understand. Me too. All right. So they covered this case. Um, and I picked this case because I was watching the show late at night by myself. And I picked this episode for you. Okay. Because the very first line of the episode, it, it opens up in like its dramatic, you know, dramatic voice. And it's like a town. And it says, um, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, is a quiet southern town surrounded by rolling farmland and acres of tobacco fields. How do you feel about that? (laughs) I mean, they're not wrong that it's surrounded by farms and tobacco fields, but Winston-Salem itself is not a quiet town. It's a city. It's a small city, but it's a city. So I said, Winston-Salem is not a quiet southern town. It's a city in North Carolina with a population of over 250,000 people. I mean, it's no, like, Charlotte or Raleigh. Like, it's not big city, but it's a city. I would agree. Um, So I said, (laughs) while it may not be a huge city like Charlotte or Chicago or New York City, it is by no means a quiet town. No. Don't get me wrong. North Carolina is full of quiet towns. Winston is just not one of them. No. So I started with that because, I mean, I picked this episode because I was like, Ashley's going to get a kick out of this. (laughs) That is funny. Yeah. You know, you lived just outside of Winston for multiple years, and it's not a town. No. You actually avoided going to Winston at most cost. That is true. Because you did not enjoy the city. No, too many people for me. Yes. So anyway, regardless, that is where our story starts. In Winston-Salem, North Carolina. The year is 1992. It's a good year. It's the year I was born. We know. Kimberly Renee Summy lives in Winston-Salem. And she attends high school at R.J. Reynolds. She's 14 and a freshman. Uh, from what I can find, she prefers to go by Renee. So that's what we're going to go with. She catches the attention of a 17-year-old senior named Brent Poole. 
Now to Renee, obviously, this is a big deal. I think most girls go to high school in hopes of finding an older boyfriend. Taylor Swift wrote a whole song about it. <laughs> That's true, 15. Yep. So, I mean, I think she was probably living the dream as this 14-year-old freshman with a 17-year-old senior suitor. Sounds like it. So the age gap's only three years. And later in life, that's really not anything. I don't think that we ever even bat an eye when a 25-year-old's dating a 28-year-old. No. Or a 32-year-old's dating a 35-year-old. It's not, not a big age gap. But in high school, that's a huge age difference. Yeah. That's such a young, impressionable age. I would agree. I put a little shout out to mom in here. I said, you know, mom always told me when there's an age gap like that in high school, 17 to 18-year-old boys, they don't want to go to the mall and hold hands. You know, I don't know if she ever told you that, but. Right. Uh, she pretty much harped on that a lot. So, I mean, that's not being judgmental. I think it's just a really big, there's a, a difference in maturity level and wants at that point in life. I mean, if you think about it, I don't know about you, and I'm totally laying myself out here and making myself look like a total nerd, which by the way, Jacob called me a nerd earlier. That's rude. He said, oh, hey, Sarah, have you ever seen three stars in a row? And I was like, uh, you mean like a constellation? And he was like, oh, sorry. Sorry, I wasn't a nerd in high school. I don't know what constellations are. I don't think that makes you a nerd, but I think that's common knowledge, but okay. I think I married a maroon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes. Sometimes he says things and I'm just like, man, you can tell you played football and got one too many concussions. Anyway, he was (laughs) very excited though. I think, (laughs) I think it was the big dipper though. Okay. We don't need to get in a conversation about Jacob and his stars. (laughs) So anyway, um, I don't remember what I was saying now. I lost my train of thought because I got stuck on the stars. Um, so I was going to lay myself out, make a fool of myself, whatever. That's totally cool. Um, I was 13 as a freshman. Yeah. 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 Because I started school at four. So when I was a freshman in high school, I was 13. Um, I played with Barbie dolls until I was in eighth grade. And I probably still would have played with them in ninth grade because I was 13 years old. Had um, in up in like lame. Yeah. I mean, like, I used to have sleepovers with my best friend, and we used to play with her dollhouse in eighth grade. And I mean, I was 12 or 13 at that point. So at 14, I was a sophomore, and I also dated a boy that was older than me. He was 17. He was a senior. Um, So, like, I totally can see. I feel like that's why mom harped on it so much is because, you know. Right. You were so young. and I was so young, and she just wanted to make sure that I knew that boys that were that much older than me, they didn't want to go to go to the mall and hold hands. Like, they wanted more than that. Right. So anyway, that's obviously, you know, this is something that they also harped on in the show that I watched. But anyway, regardless, moving on from that, it doesn't really matter their age gap because Renee is head over heels in love with Brent. Okay. And Brent is head over heels in love with Renee. Um, so Brent came from a good family. Uh, they had a solid foundation. He was described as like the all-American type. He had a good head on his shoulders. You know, just like an all-around good guy in this small town of Winston-Salem. Renee, however, did not have a great life. Her family was honestly a mess, and she was kind of a troublemaker. So, even though Brent's parents did not approve, it didn't matter to Brent. He loved Renee, and they continued their relationship for the remainder of senior year and through the summer. Okay, so I want to pause. Yes. Maybe in 92, Winston was a smaller place. I thought about that, but even so, 
I feel like they should have specified that. <laughs> they didn't say the year is 1992 and Winston-Salem is a small town. No, they said Winston-Salem is a small town in North Carolina. It's not. Like, I feel like they could, they should have specified it. I did actually think that. Right. I was like, you know, in 1992, maybe it was. It, I don't think it was ever a town. I mean, I think Winston has always been a city. Well, probably, but I'm just saying it was probably a lot smaller 30 years ago. I'm sure it was, but nonetheless, I just thought it was funny, and that's why I picked the case. I just felt like you needed to know. Okay. Sorry, right, I, so that just, like, popped into my head. So it's I okay. I thought of it, too. I thought of it, too, but. So, the following fall, after Brent graduated, he went off to college in Tennessee, and Renee couldn't deal with it, so she just dropped out of high school and followed him. Oh, Okay. Yeah. So I'm just going to throw some red flags here real quick. Like red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. Uh, to me, this is not a very good relationship. Like we're already a little toxic. She's 15 years old. She just dropped out of high school to follow him to another state. Yeah, that's a little. Uh, also, I don't really know how she did that. I don't know what the laws were in the 90s, but North Carolina has truancy laws. So like she couldn't have dropped out of high school at 15. Her parents would have went to jail. I mean, could her parents have, like, signed the paper to, for her to drop out? No, you cannot not attend school. North Carolina's truancy laws, you have to attend school until 16 years old, or your parents will be prosecuted for truancy. Hmm, I didn't know that. Like, it's a fun fact. Yes. Yes, I know that. As a homeschooling parent that withdrew my student from school, that they tried to threaten me with truancy and tell me they were going to arrest me. And also, when I had Crohn's disease, they used to, the truancy officer used to regularly like send letters home to mom and dad because I missed more school than I could miss. Right. I remember that. It's illegal. So, yeah. No, I mean, her parents would have 100% went to jail. Um, so, to me, I just thought that was kind of crazy that at 15 years old, she dropped out of school. The laws must have been different in the 90s. That's all I can yeah. think. Or they didn't enforce them at all. Maybe. I don't know. So, whatever. Renee packs up. She goes to Tennessee, and her and Brett are just happy as can be. They're in love, and everything is great. In 1995, Renee would be 18 at this point. Uh, Brent's now 21. Brent comes home from college and he tells his parents that Renee is with child. Good. He then asks his parents if it would be okay if he married Renee. I personally thought that was weird. <laughs> Just a little. Since he's you know, 21 he's years 21. old. He's 21 years old. He's like, Mama, Daddy. Like, I can just picture, I don't know. I don't know how he talked, but I can just picture him like, Mama, Daddy. Renee is with child. The best thing for me to do is be a man and marry her. Would that be all right? <laughs> At 21, you are a whole ass adult, but okay. Yeah, I said, maybe he's like us and he's not a real adult. Well, that could be possible. That is true. I'm 30 years old and I'm not a real adult. That's true. And you're 26 and you're not a real adult. That is true. But apparently we are real adults because I had this conversation with Allison and she said, why do you not think you're a real adult? And I told her and she said, I feel exactly the same way. You're definitely a real adult. None of us. We just don't. Any of us know what we're doing. We're just pretending. That's true. Okay. I agree with everything. Maybe. Maybe that's how he felt. Maybe he was not a real adult, but he was because he was 21. I don't know. But anyway, whatever. Um, Brent's dad said that he felt like Renee was trapping Brent. But he didn't have any choice but to support his son. So Brent and Renee end up getting hitched on June 9th of 1995. In November, they welcome their first child, a daughter named Katie. And that same year, Brent gets a job as a diesel mechanic and buys them a house. Nice. So Brent 
Brandon is just the picturesque family man. Um, at this point, I'm assuming he had to have dropped out of college because there's no way he finished it. I mean, maybe, but I'm thinking he dropped out of college because um, they're back in Enston. I mean, he could have, but I don't see how. I mean, he could have. I don't see how, but we'll just agree to disagree. I g- took five years of college and I graduated at 22. I mean, I guess. But this was only three years. I mean, he left for college and it was three years later. So it doesn't have anything to do with his age. It has to do with the amount of years he was gone. Okay, you can finish college in three years. Taylor, Hannah, and Kayla all finished in three years. I don't even know if it was three years, though. Because in 1992, he was a senior, which means his first year of college, it would have been 93, 94, 95. That's only two years. Maybe he went to an associate, a community college. He went out of state to a community college. People do that. I don't think so. Okay, whatever. Who knows? It doesn't matter. Either way, it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter if he dropped out of college, whatever. I said, I don't know, maybe he graduated. Um, uh, but either way, he's no longer in college because they're back in Winston now. He's no in Tennessee. He's got a full-time job as a diesel mechanic. The young couple is doing really great, uh, and they really seem to be on a good path. And while Brent is extremely happy, Renee does not enjoy the stay-at-home mom life. I don't blame her. I can relate to that. I know a lot of people love being stay-at-home moms, and kudos to those that do. Um, I love my children, but I have a really hard time being content and staying home with them. And you know this. This is like one of my biggest struggles in life. I wish I could be content, but I can't. Um, I have to talk myself into contentness with staying home. Um, And I don't even, I mean, necessarily, I do stay home, but like I work from home. I take college classes from home, but I mean, I do everything from home. So 99% of my time is spent at home taking care of children and it's really hard for me. It's yeah. not, not something I enjoy doing. Um, I try to be thankful for the time I get with my kids cause they're young and I know that, you know, I don't have many years left with them before they're going to be grown and gone. So I do try my hardest to like, you know, savor the moments, but I have an internal struggle. I do. And we've talked about before. It's one of the reasons why we started this podcast. Yeah. Because I needed an identity outside of being a mom. So I 100% get Renee. I get it, and I I feel for her. And like I said, I started a podcast. I took up a hobby. Uh, Renee took a different route. She became a topless dancer. <laughs> I mean, it's still a hobby, I guess. <laughs> it's not a hobby. It's a job. She made good money. Oh, well, there you and go. And kudos to her that she had a rocking body and she could do it. But I knew you'd get a laugh out of that. That's why I built it I up so much. I would if I could. <laughs> so I built that up so much so you would <laughs> laugh at it because I knew you would. I liked it. So she applies to be a topless dancer at a local strip club. And she's good at it. I mean, she is. She doesn't have any experience, but she is a natural. And the people in Winston-Salem are just all over. Like, they want to go see Renee dance. Good for Renee. Apparently, Brent didn't have a problem with the career either. Good for him. So he would go to the strip club himself to watch her. Uh, Some people speculated that he would even bring his friends to watch her. Because he was like, look at my hot wife. She's hot. Let me show her off to you. Um, others said they didn't get that vibe. They thought maybe he was there staking his territory. Like, hey, mother effers, I'm here. That's my wife. Keep your grimy hands off her. But nonetheless, yeah. he was there all the time. Watching her dance. Hmm. Interesting. Whether he agreed with her dancing or not, he definitely enjoyed the money she brought in. Oh, I'm sure. They make a lot of money. Uh, yeah, it took it took the weight off of his shoulders, you know, that he was trying to support family by himself and with her making money then i mean it was easier for him to not have to be so stressed out so i mean it worked out the problem is is that renee was an attention seeker so while this job was perfect for her 
um, very quickly led to other activities that weren't really great. So it started off with her bringing other women home. Uh, Brent would allow her to have the bedroom so that she could have sexual relations with other women. He had no problem with that. Uh, it wasn't long, though, and Renee was no longer satisfied by this attention from other women. She started to have sex with other men. So Brent was not aware of the men she was sleeping with. Um, but that was part of the draw. Like, that's part of why the men wanted to sleep with Renee. Uh, multiple sexual partners were actually friends of Brent's and they liked that he didn't know that they were banging his wife. Hmm. So apparently that was part of the part of it. Uh, the whole like keeping secrets. Yeah. Like that was the draw of it. Uh, Renee was not super secretive about these relationships. Though. So rumors started to spread pretty quickly and word gets back to Brent, but of course Renee denies it. And he believes her because he's madly in love with her. And he's like, why would she lie to me? Right. She's open, open about her other relationships. Why wouldn't she tell me? Um, but in 1998, that all blew up and he could no longer just ignore that that was going on. Uh, somebody sent a videotape to Brent's parents' house. Oh, good. Uh, in the video, like not only was there some sexual content, but there's also another man proposing to Renee. Well, she's married? Yeah, she's married. And he's okay. proposing to her and she tells him, yeah, she's going to marry him. Oh, I, that's not that's not legal. No, no, it's not legal. But she told him she'd marry him. But the issue, though, is like not only is she sleeping with other men, though, but she's having like full on affairs with an emotional attachment as well. Like she's agreeing to marry other men. Right. So this isn't just like an attention seeking sexual thing. Like she's in, having full on affairs at this point. And as if the video wasn't enough, another man calls Brent at work and tells him that he's also sleeping with Renee. Gives him a call up at his job, rubs it in his face. As I'm sure you can imagine, Brent is not okay with her sleeping. I don't blame him. I don't blame I mean, I wouldn't have been fine with her sleeping with other women, though. Like, I personally would not, I would not be okay with my husband sleeping with anything other than me. I don't care. If he decided to take up bestiality, no. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't either, but men like girl-on-girl action, so I could see him being okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could see from a guy's perspective, but as a woman. Yeah, no. Not cool. No. No. Negative. We are in a monogamous relationship. Now, there's different strokes for different folks. I mean, do what you, uh, whatever. I, But I personally, not okay with that. So I can see why he's upset. Yes. Um. So, <laughs> I'm just so funny. <laughs> oh, I just caught annoying. funny sentences. So he was fine with the stripping. And he was fine with having sex with other women. But men is where he drew the line. Brent angrily drives home to confront Renee. And there is a fight, I'm sure. He does end up putting his fist through the wall. So kudos to him, because I thought he was going to go home and strangle her scrawny ass. Was that the funny line? Yeah. <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> oh, scrawny ass, it made me laugh. Okay. So at that point, I'm thinking to myself, that's the end. Brant murders Renee. Yeah. Like, you know, I didn't look anything into this case while I was watching it. I just like, wa- as I watched it, I took notes and I was like, I'm going to do, do an episode on this because of the Winston-Salem line. So I didn't know who was going to die. Right. But that, that was it for me. I was like, that's it. Like, he's going to kill Renee. But it's not Renee. I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, Brent ends up taking Renee to his parents' house. And his parents do the best to help the couple. And Brent's dad tells him, you know what? If you guys want this marriage to work, you can't live this lifestyle. Like, if, this, if you want this relationship to work, you need to be dedicated to each other. And Renee, you can't strip. Like, this isn't, you know, this isn't an acceptable occupation for a married mother i mean i think it would be fine if she wasn't doing the other stuff 
I agree. But also, we are in the South, and the South's taboo about that kind of stuff. Oh, I know. So, I mean, I can 100% see the judgment in his father, like, being like, no, like, this is not an acceptable. Like, we're in the Bible Belt, baby. Right. You cannot do these things. Thou shall not strip. I don't think it says that. It doesn't say that, but that's how, <laughs> I mean, some Southern Baptists feel. Right. I mean, a lot of the time, Southern Baptists, they have very, very strong convictions about things. So, I'm just saying. And they were okay. a good, I- god I'm on your, following your lead. They were a God-fearing, God-loving, church-going family. Like, they were. It said that in the beginning. And right. So, I mean, you know, whatever. But it doesn't matter. Renee's like, you know what? You're right. So she quit stripping. She's like, yeah, I agree. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop stripping. I'm going to go back to staying home with my daughter. So she does that. But the issue is, is that she's not happy. Like, it's not long. Right. And she, again, just feels like she's suffocating. And she can't stay away from the strip club. So even though she's not working there anymore, she's still stopping by and visiting her friends. In March of 1998, she stops by and she meets a man named John Frazier. He works at the club as a DJ part-time. I found this to be very funny. I don't know if you'll find this excited, but he was described as being overweight, unattractive, and poor. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I just thought it was funny because everyone was like, yeah, he was overweight. Uh, he wasn't an attractive man. He didn't really have any money. He wasn't very smart. Like, there was just every, like, every single person, like, in this show was just, like, listing off all these qualities about him, and, like, none of them were good. That's kind of sad. It is very sad, but I, I don't understand what Renee saw in him, if, like, all of this was true. Like, he was dumb. He was overweight. He was unattractive. He was poor. Like, why did she, what did, what did she see about him that drew her in? It was excitement outside of her staying at home life she didn't want. I mean, I suppose, but nonetheless, she starts a relationship with John Frazier because she needs attention. So she just goes back to her old habits. Pretty much everyone is surprised by their relationship, especially when in May of 1998, Brent comes home from work to find that Renee has packed and moved into John Frazier's home. Oh, wow. So that was really quick because we're talking March to May. So two months. Yeah, that's a little crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently at this point, Brent's heartbroken. He sets out to figure out where the heck she went. Uh, he actually ends up talking to John Frazier and essentially he like begs him to give him his wife back. He's like, can you just let my wife come home? I love her. I just want her back, which is sad. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. She clearly does not love him. And she honestly doesn't seem like she has any interest in saving their marriage. Like she just keeps like blowing it up. So. Right. Brent seems like a pretty good guy. I feel like at this point he should cut his losses. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, but Renee actually ends up meeting with a divorce attorney rather quickly within like two weeks. Uh, and the divorce attorney lays it out for her and she's not happy with his legal opinion. So he tells her like, okay, yeah, cool. You want a divorce? I can get you a divorce, but, uh, Brent's going to get custody of Katie. She's like, well, what do you mean? Brent's going to get Katie. He's like, uh, you're having an extramarital affair. You abandoned your home, your shared marriage like your shared marital home in the dead of night you are a stripper in north carolina in the bible belt so like we don't approve of that 
And I said, here, like, it's fine. It's stable. Like, it's stable work, but, like, that's not stable for a small child. Like, she's working all night. Like, who's going to watch her kid? Right. And again, she left him in, like, having an affair, left their home in the middle of the night. He's like, no judge in their right mind is going to give you custody. And when she moved out into the house with this guy, did she bring Katie with her? Yes. Okay. Well, at least she did that. No, she took Katie. Um, but, you know, the attorney's like, especially considering, like, Brent has his own home. Like, he owns the home. Right. Uh, he's not living He's not living with some random person he met. Um, and, like, he has a steady job with normal hours. And also, he has a support system. Because remember, like, Renee's family's a hot mess. Right. Brent has a mom and a dad and a sister. I mean, like, he has a whole family that loves and supports him. So, yeah, I mean, the attorney's like, yeah, you're not, you're not going to get Katie. So, like, not only is she going to lose her daughter, but she's also not going to get child support if she doesn't have Katie. And that's an issue for Renee. Right. Because she needs child support. So, she's like, okay, hold on, hold on. Let's hit the brakes on this whole divorce thing. Let me, let me go home and rethink this. I need to come up with a different plan because that's not going to work. So, around the same time, though, Brent's parents are like, hey, Brent, you know, maybe you should go talk to an attorney because... Seems like your marriage isn't really working out. Like, maybe you should go, you know, file for separation. And at first, Brent's like, no, I love her. I'm not, I don't want to divorce her. I want to make things work. But he does end up making uh, an appointment with an attorney to meet for separation paperwork. Uh, fun fact for anyone that doesn't know, in the state of North Carolina, you have to be separated for a year before you can file for divorce. Right. So you have to go get separation papers first, and then you have to prove to a judge that, like, you've been separated for a year, and you can't have any, like, you can't have, like, a, oh, one night we were got drunk and slept together like that starts your year over so first step was to go get separation papers uh so he makes an appointment to go do that but the day before his appointment renee calls she misses him she just wants to work things out with brent and of course brent's like of course yes please come home i want you back in my life please come home i'm gonna welcome back with open arms convenient Yep. So he, I mean, he doesn't want anything more than for his wife and daughter to come home. Brent's dad obviously advises him, you need to continue with the separation paper and get things started on this divorce because like clearly she, she's saying the right things now, but like her actions are speaking louder than words. She doesn't want to work things out. But Brent's like, no, I just want my family back. I don't even care. I don't even care. I just want my family back. If she wants to keep stripping, she can keep stripping. I just want my family back. So he prepares for Renee and Katie to come home, but they don't. They have a set time, set date. She's going to come home. She doesn't come home. Uh, it's getting late. And he's like, you know, she still hasn't come. So he calls John Frazier. And apparently at this point, his sister, her name's Dee, she was there. He handed the phone to his sister. He didn't want to talk to the guy. Okay. So Dee says, John Frazier picked up the phone and he just immediately started cussing the phone. Like cussing the phone up and down. Um, he tells like brent you know he thinks he's talking to brent but he's like you know renee's not coming back she belongs with me like you're not having her and he's just like full of rage d said like she'd never heard anyone so angry in all of her life so it seems like that's the end of it but then all of a sudden two days later renee just baby and moves back in hmm. like none of that ever happened um obviously this pisses john fraser off he is livid yeah it's, it, renee is his yes um, it doesn't matter though. Renee wants Brent back now. Like that's what she's decided. She wants to be with Brent. At least that's what she's saying. Right. But the crazy thing is that she never even unpacked her boxes. When she moved back? Yeah. When she moved back, she never even unpacked her boxes. She- Renee's friend comes by and she's like, well, aren't you going to unpack? And Renee says, why would I unpack? I'm not going to be. So she had no intention of staying with Brent. Right. Regardless of what she was saying. Um, <laughs> and she continues to run around with John Frazier. After she moves back in. 
Yeah, Brent. after she moves back in. She continues to run around with John Frazier. And somehow Brent is completely oblivious to this affair. And I don't understand how. For the first affair, you'd be more... Yes. Like, notice things better. I would agree. And you would think also, um, he and John Frazier actually end up having a bit of a tiffy at the strip club. And he still doesn't seem to think that anything's going on. So, essentially what happened is Brent's at the strip club, watching Renee strip. And here I put in, I was going to mention it earlier, but I know I put it in later. My question here is, where is Katie while Renee is stripping and Brent is watching her strip? Well, maybe with Brent's supportive family. She must be, but I just am like, eh, this is happening a lot. Right. And they said, like, he was there all the time. Right. So, to me, I just, I, I, at this point, I was like, wait a minute, where's their kid? She's, like, two at this point. Right. I mean, obviously, I don't want her at the strip club, but somebody should be watching her, like her parent, not, I don't know, maybe she's having sleepovers. That's a big Southern thing for grandparents to take their kids, their grandkids for the night, so. Yeah, so maybe that's where she is. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Brent's at the strip club watching Renee strip, and John Frazier comes into the club. And obviously, the two men notice each other immediately, um, and they're, like, staring at each other across the room. And John Frazier pulls a pair of Renee's panties out of his pocket, and he flaunts them for Brent to see. He then uses them to dab the sweat off his face, which is disgusting. Ew, why? Because he's gross. Like, I don't... Oh. I Were they clean? Gonna, I would hope so, but it didn't say if they were clean or dirty. It just said he pulled her underwear out of his pocket and patted his face with them to dab his sweat so that <laughs> Brent could see. So, <laughs> if I were Brent, I would have knocked his teeth out at that point. Yeah, probably. I wouldn't have blamed Brent one bit for walking over there and just punching him in his chubby little face. But Brent didn't do that. He walked away. He left the club. He wasn't going to let John Frazier work him up, so he just walked away. He trusted his wife, and he wasn't going to have any confrontation. Hmm. Interesting. So this actually pisses John Frazier off that Brent did not, like, take his bait. But yeah, that's he what he's cl- trying to do. Right, he was clearly looking for a fight, and Brent didn't give in. So this makes John Frazier mad. So Renee decides to use John's anger to her advantage, and she starts planting these little seeds. She starts manipulating John. She, like, tells him, you know, Brent's just such a bad guy, and you're the good one, and you're the one I need to be with, and I need you to save me from him because he's just so, so bad. He's so bad to me. Oh, yeah. So they hatch a plan to get rid of Brent. And all the while, Brent is just oblivious that any of this is going on. And at this point, I really wonder, was he actually just so naive or did he just ignore it because he was so in love with his wife that he didn't want to lose her again? So he thought it was better to let her run around with this other man than to confront it and have her leave him again. I think it's very possible. I feel like it's got to be. I cannot see how he could just be so oblivious and naive to not realize that she's having an affair still. Love is blind. I don't know, but... Renee and Brent's third wedding anniversary is coming up quick, and Renee suggests that they take a beach trip to celebrate. Of course, Brent is 100% on board with this. He, like, sees this. This is a step to save his marriage. So he plans. He takes off work. They book the Carolina Winds for a long weekend stay. And at this point, I knew this case was meant to be because they headed to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I knew it. And we, we all know how much you disdain Myrtle Beach. <laughs> That is true. That is true. I do. So, little does Brent know, but John Frazier has also planned a beach trip for that weekend to none other than Myrtle Beach as well. It's because nothing good ever happens there. Well, Ashley, this was actually 
the safe part of Myrtle Beach. So I'm just saying in general. Okay. So the first two days of the trip is great. Brent, Renee, and Katie are having a great little family getaway. Uh, Brent's sister D said that Brent was ecstatic. He was boasting about what a great time they were having. He was gushing over how much Katie loved the beach. It really seemed like Brent and Renee were working through their issues. That's really sad because, you know, it's not going to go well. Right. Well, we, of course, know from the outside that's not true. I didn't mean to say that. That was the wrong way of saying that. <laughs> okay. What I can say is, um, we, of course, know that that's not true. But from everyone on the outside looking in, it looks like a perfect trip. Yeah. That's what I actually want to say. Okay. Um, so June 9th, 1998 rolls around, and Renee has scheduled a babysitter to watch Katie so her and Brent could have a romantic anniversary dinner. At the beach? Yeah. How did she find a babysitter? That's my next question. How did she find a babysitter? Hmm. I mean, back then, we trusted people more than we do now. So okay, she probably, like, like, looked in the newspaper, called up a teenager. Okay, but, like... <sighs> I don't know. I said 1998 was, I said it was 1998. Was care.com a thing? No, we still had dial up. Yeah, that is true. In 98, right? I mean, we had dial up. It was like, like, no, you weren't looking up babysitters on the internet. I don't know how the hell she found it. Um, but whatever. She let some random stranger in Myrtle Beach watch her daughter. Just bananas. I agree. When I, I heard that, I was like, what? I would never. I mean, yeah, but 98 was a different time. It probably was okay then. Actually, we went to the beach in 98. Did mom and dad ever find us a babysitter at the beach? We used to go to Marble Beach in that. I mean. I mean, no, but mom and dad were also very strict. Okay, but I'm just thinking. Like, that's just cuckoo bananas to me. Yeah, I agree. It was a wild time. Whatever. They get the babysitter. They head out at around 9 p.m. that night. So, honestly, they probably just had, like, someone sitting there. She's probably in bed at that point. It's not like she actually was, like, being watched, I guess. Right. Nonetheless, it was still a stranger, but whatever. They have a great night. Um, they go play pool, uh, go grab something to eat, like they go get some drinks. And as the night's coming to an end, Renee suggests that the two of them head to the beach and have sex on the sand dunes. Oh, nice. Isn't that illegal? I would assume. I mean, to even like touch the sand dunes? I'm pretty sure, but I don't know. Okay. I'm not a beach goer like you. I don't go to Myrtle, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway brent's like yeah heck yeah like yeah let's go have sex on the sand i mean he's a man so he's like yeah that sounds hot let's do it um and at this point i got really bad anxiety yeah because i was like dear god please do not kill this man while he is having coitus i mean yeah that would be sad oh like i was like sick to my stomach i was like oh my god they're gonna kill him like while he's nude it is unlawful for any person to walk over, cross over, sand, sit, run, walk, or otherwise loiter upon any sand dunes. Okay, that's, yeah, you were right, but they, they didn't care. Okay. They did the deed right on top of those sand dunes. <laughs> okay. Um. So thankfully, they he did not get murdered while having sex with his wife. Well, good. I'm glad they, for him. They did, they did get to, you know, finish their deed in the sand. So they, you know, get dressed and they're walking back to the hotel and, you know, they're just giddy because, I mean, what they had just done, you know, I mean, it was exciting. They were in public on a beach. Um, but on the way to the hotel, they're confronted by a masked man with a gun. Mm, not good. This man robs them and he forces them to lay on the sand in an L with their feet touching. Uh, Brent is begging for his life. He's begging for his wife's life. But the masked man does not care. You know, Brent's telling him, like, I have a two-year-old at home. Please don't kill me. He doesn't care. Uh, this masked man aims the gun at Brent's head and he pulls the trigger. Ooh. But he just clicks. 
just clicks. So he pulls the trigger again. Nothing. The gun is jammed and it's misfired. Oh. Finally, the third time, the gun fires and Brent is shot in the head. The man then shoots him again in the head just to be sure that he's dead. And then he runs off. So that's terrifying, first of all. Like, how awful is that for Brent? Like, not only did he get murdered, but like two times this guy shot him and nothing came out. Like, I cannot, I would be shitting bricks. Yeah, 100%. I probably would just be like passed out and dead anyways from like my heart exploding. I probably, yeah, no, 100%. Like, I would be terrified. Cannot even imagine. Made me sick to my stomach. So this masked man was drawn? No. Okay. So Renee, terrified, runs to the street where she's able to flag down a beach patrol officer. I find it crazy how often we do cases and there's just like a officer driving by right at the right time. Yeah. It's a very common thing. But anyway, there's a beach, a beach patrol driving by as she's running up to wave someone down. So they call in the shooting, even though immediately they're confused because this area of Myrtle Beach is not known for crime. Okay. So at this point, I typed in here, Ashley, we all know you're just staying from Myrtle Beach. Do you have any input uh, to the crime level of the area? I mean, I don't despise Myrtle Beach because of the crime level. I mean, I think any like overpopulated place usually has a lot of crime. I don't like Myrtle Beach because there's too many people and it's dirty. Okay. I just know how much you hate it. And I will say things like, well, North Myrtle's not bad. And you're like, it's all trash. Well, I don't like Myrtle Beach. So just It's to- dirty and there's too many people. That's They call it Dirty Myrtle for a reason. That's true. There's trash everywhere. Like, actual trash. Yes. Way too many people. It's way too touristy. Not a fan. I know. That's why I put that in there, just for you, so you could complain about Myrtle Beach again. I no one wants to hear me complain about Myrtle Beach. I feel like they love it. I feel like They're they like, snobby little bitch. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think any of our Patreons feel that way, though. I think they love us. No, well, maybe. Anyway, back to it. The police rush down to the beach where Brent's lifeless body lay, but he's actually still breathing. Oh, he got shot in the head twice and he's still breathing. Yes. So obviously they call for an ambulance and I'm going to use this sentence again because I put here, um, I'm sure that Renee is shitting bricks at this point. So not only would I have been shitting bricks, but now Renee is shitting because Brent's alive. Right. Um, so Brent's rushed to the hospital. And once he's settled in there, the police take Renee for a statement um, on this robbery gone wrong. Of course. But police immediately see through Renee. Well, good. First issue they have is um, this took place in North Myrtle, which is a better area of Myrtle Beach. So crime like this is not common there. It doesn't happen. Like, it's just not, people aren't just getting shot in the head on the beach. Right. Secondly, this is a robbery gone wrong. But Renee still has all of her belongings. She was wearing jewelry. None of that was taken. Doesn't make sense. Right. What was the point of the robbery? They took his wallet. That's all they took. She also lacked emotion. If you're going to kill your husband, you got to be an actress. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So detectives are like, yeah, something's just not sitting here right. So meanwhile, Brent's in the hospital fighting for his life. And I was like, you better pull through, man. You better pull through and you better stick it to John Fraser or Renee. He didn't. But unfortunately, no. Unfortunately, he's pronounced dead the following day on June 10th, 1998. Yes. I really wanted him to pull through. Like, so much. I wanted him to pull a freaking Mary Jo Budafuco. Yeah, that would be nice. That's what I want. I was like, you better pull through, man. But he did not. June 10th, 1998. He's pronounced dead. Uh, They call his family back in Winston. And obviously, they're devastated because, I mean, they do love Brent. Unlike Renee and her selfish ass, they love Brent. 
even though they are heartbroken, they do make sure to let police in Myrtle Beach know that Brent's wife, Renee, is having an affair with a man named Jan- with a man named John Frazier. Good for them. They need to focus on them. So police do question Renee about Frazier, and she says, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess it could have been him on the beach. It could have? Yeah. Uh, but the problem is, is that they don't have any proof that John Frazier's even in Myrtle Beach. So right. they have to let Renee go. I mean, they don't have anything to hold her. Uh, the family plans the funeral. Brent's sister D said it never even crossed her mind that Renee could have been involved. Brent's father says that he hoped that Renee wasn't involved, but he could just like feel it in his gut that something just didn't smell right. So the police and Myrtle are thinking the same thing. Pretty quickly, they find evidence that John Frazier owns a gun, like the one that killed Brent. They also discovered that Frazier requested vacation time for the same days that Renee and Brant were on vacation in Myrtle. They also have eyewitnesses who claim to have seen John Frazier near the beach entrance where Brent was shot that night. <laughs> so obviously they arrest him. They bring Renee in for questioning again because they need to figure out how John Frazier would even know. I mean, this is 1998. They don't have cell phone tracking. It's not like he could have been tracking her against her without her knowing. She right. had to told him where they would be. I mean, or he could have been, like, following her and stalking her. No, 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 no. She squeals like a freaking pig. She admits that she helped John Frazier kill Brent. Um, So, I mean, that was super easy. They just arrest her. And on November 8th, 1999, Kimberly Renee Poole is set to stand trial for murder and criminal conspiracy. On November 13th, after nine hours of deliberation, Renee Poole and John Frazier are both found guilty. And in January of 2000, both are sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Good. So, Renee Poole has appealed numerous times, but as far as I can tell, they are just always denied. Well, good. I mean, I agree, good. She claims her confession was coerced by police. The most recent appeal I could find was 2007, but the court ruled that the petitioner failed to present sufficient evidence and dismissed the claims. Uh, John Frazier has also appealed, and he actually did win his appeal, and the NC Supreme Court overturned his conviction and life sentence, and he was retried. What? Yes. And in 2005, he was once again found guilty of murder, armed robbery, conspiracy. But this time, he was only sentenced to 30 years. Hmm. Uh, In 2009, he appealed again. And the NC Supreme Court once again listened to arguments on his behalf. Frazier's attorney argued that the evidence against Frazier was weak. They never recovered a murder weapon. And they never had any solid evidence that he was even present for the murder. Essentially, all the evidence they had was... A gun similar to the one he owned was used. He took off vacation time for the same time. And eyewitnesses, you know, claim to have seen him. But obviously, I mean, you can't just go Those off of noise, right? Right. You can't just go off that. So she's arguing, like, you really don't have any solid proof. It's all circumstantial. Uh, nonetheless, though, that appeal was denied. So John Boyd Frazier is still incarcerated at the South Carolina Department of Corrections in Columbia, South Carolina. And he is scheduled for release on October 1st, 2029. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Kimberly, Kimberly Renee Poole is incarcerated in the Leith Corrections Institute in Greenwood, South Carolina, where she is not going to be released because she's serving life with no possibility of parole. Um, but she's still trying to get out. There's actually a ton of articles like on her trying to get appeals. And there's also a Facebook page claiming that she's innocent and that she was wrongfully convicted. And the people in there are honestly freaking cuckoo. <laughs> Like, there are people yeah. in there, crazy people. They're like, what's her address? I want to write her letters. Can we visit her? Like, the, she has, like, a whole freaking fan club. <laughs> it's insane. 
But anyway, that's the end of that. <laughs> Typically, people like that do. I couldn't find out what happened to Katie. She probably went with, like, Brent's family, I would assume. I would assume so, but I couldn't find anything on her. And, I mean, she would have been, I mean, like, our age. Yeah. Right? I mean, she was born in what? Well, I mean, she was born in 95, so she'd be, she's about your age. Oh, yeah. Yeah, between us, that's what I said. Yeah, you were right. But, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, she's an adult now. I have no idea where she is. I can't find anything on her, but pretty devastating for her. Yeah. What a crappy hand of cards to be dealt in life. Yeah, your dad is murdered and your mom goes to jail. Yeah, for murdering your father. Like, what? So, anyway. um, I enjoyed it. Thought it was good. It's a good one. Pretty freaking crazy, right? Thought it was crazy. But, anyway. All right. Well, guys, catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. If you like what you heard and you want to support a small podcast, please give us money at www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked where you can join one of our four amazing tiers starting at just a measly three dollars a month that's literally 10 cents a day you can join the slightly wicked after that we've got the moderately wicked for just five dollars a month followed by the awesomely wicked for seven dollars a month and for those high rollers big ballers we have the extraordinarily good so head on over check it out if you like what you see join it up if subscriptions aren't your jam head on over to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash w-d-o-w where you can give us a one-time donation to buy us a coffee or you know like podcasting equipment which would probably be a better use of our money feel free to give us a follow on instagram at weekly underscore dose underscore of underscore wicked or you can just search weekly dose of wicked and we'll pop up because we're the only ones or you can give us a like on facebook at facebook.com slash weekly dose of wicked Or, you know what, you could just do both, because that would be better for us. For a direct feed of our podcast, please go to www.weeklydoseofwicked.buzzsprout.com. Great news, guys. We've made it big time. And you can now listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yep, yep. Even Pandora. They finally let us in. Make sure to come back next Wednesday for your Weekly Weekly Dose of Wicked. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.